Hi, I'm Ellen Pompeo, and welcome to Tell Me. Today, I am sitting down with Dwayne Wade. If you don't already know Dwayne, he is a three-time NBA champion, an Olympic gold medalist, 13-time NBA all-star. He's had an incredible career as an athlete, but now he's on a whole new chapter. He's got a wine, makes shoes. He's a dad, and he is an incredible dad, in my opinion. And he has a new book out called Dwayne. It's a beautiful coffee table book full of photographs. We just had a great conversation catching up on everything that he's involved in and spreading his message of love and entrepreneurial endeavors. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Dwayne Wade. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Dwayne Wade is with us today. So excited. <laughs> you have several passion projects. I want to hear about all of them. So you have shoes, which mm -hmm. is great. I know you have wine because I love the Instagram and I love when you and Gabby go walking through vineyards. <laughs> What's that process been like? You know what, Ellen? I definitely learned a lot. I got into the wine industry like eight years ago now. I started my wine company, D-Wade Cellars. And I'm a kid who grew up not knowing anything about wine. I didn't drink wine until I was like 28, but I got exposed to it at an older age. And once I got exposed to it, I got interested in it. I got curious about it. And from that curiosity, you know, here I go eight years later and I just got appointed to UC Davis Leadership Board. And my whole goal has always been able to make wine more accessible, of course, but also to make it an option for my community because it, it never has seemed like an option. Yeah, I think that the spirits industry in general, I don't think it's any secret. It has not been inclusive. Yeah. And now I think just more recently in the past few years, we've seen the spirits business sort of get up to speed with who consumes spirits, all different types of people mm -hmm. and all different types of people who are interested should be able to participate in the making of spirits. So yes. it's not for one demographic. For sure. <laughs> yeah. And good for you for having you know, having the tenacity to fight through. I'm sure even though you're a big star and had an incredible basketball career, I have dabbled in the spirits business myself a bit and I know how challenging it is. Yes. So good for you for sticking with it. And it is incredibly hard work. I know for sure. It is. And, and the, you know, the stigmatism as an athlete as well of, you know, automatically, what is athlete doing, <laughs> you know, making his own wine? What do you know about wine? And I'm learning about wine. But what I do know is I understand teamwork, I understand delegation, <laughs> I 
understand there's people out there that have their passions, their strengths. And, you know, for me to be able to build a company to try to allow all these different voices into my company, it's something that has been, it's, it's been a learning curve for me, you know, trying to navigate through an industry that, you know, I didn't grow up knowing anything about, but it's been great, you know, because wine is a connector. You know, we can all connect over our love and passion for just sitting down, having a glass of wine, whether it's not the long day <laughs> or whether it's on vacation, whatever, it becomes a connector. So that's what I love about it more than anything, is I feel like we may not have the same religious belief or political views, but we share a passion for the love of wine and we can sit down and have a conversation because of that passion and that connection. So great point you make. And also, it's so easy for a lot of people to say, oh, he's an athlete. Why is he making wine? But the truth is, is as human beings, we should all be stretching ourselves. Actors, you know, suffer the same fate as athletes, I'm sure. We're put in a box and we shouldn't know about anything else. We shouldn't be curious. We shouldn't try anything else. We should all stay curious as human beings about each other, Mm -hmm. about different paths, learning things we didn't know before, having different points of view, being open-minded enough to change our opinion about things we thought we knew or we thought to be true. Mm -hmm. So to stay open and curious and always on a path of learning, I think is what we should all be doing as human beings. I agree. My wife and I and our entire family, we're big into vision boards. And so every year leading into the new year, we all sit around and we all do vision boards together. And I had something on my vision board in 2020 about balance, right? Everybody is reaching for this thing we call balance because we think balance is safe. We think balance is what we need to get to. When when I look at balance and I say, I don't want balance. I want to experience different things. You know, I don't want to just stay status quo in life and just stay steady. I actually wanted to go like this, right? And so, you know, for me, it's about experiencing what's different because, you know, that's what's wrong with the world. We don't want anything to be different. We feel everything has to be a certain way. And, you know, we were told as kids to be outside the box thinkers. And as adults, we're supposed to narrow our thinking. So this is the only way, <laughs> you know, it's kind of, it's weird. It's true. The phrase always sticks with me is, is school teaches us just how to think, not what to think. Mm. And I feel like we always have to make sure that our institutions of learning are teaching our kids this, mm. is how to think, not what to think. I love that. Because we know historically, so many things have been written in textbooks that are untrue. And so many generations of people have learned narratives that are just one point of view of a historical event of what happened. But it doesn't really take into account other people's points of view. And the more points of view, the better. I agree. You know, as a mother, like what I love about you and, you know, truth be told, Dwayne and I are very friendly. We have mutual friends, so we have spent time together. Mm -hmm. And I think that one of the most impressive things about you is your dad skills. And just how you navigated talking about open-mindedness and how proud you are and how open you are to starting conversations Mm -hmm. about children and how they identify and what families look like. And they look like a lot of different things. But love should look like love. And a family should feel like love. And that's the only thing that we should make sure we stay true to. It doesn't matter what we think our family should look like or what we think our children should be in our image. I read this amazing book. I talked about it last night at a dinner, actually. It's called Far From the Tree. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really get through all of it, to be honest. But I was in a bookstore and I overheard the guy who wrote it talking about, oh, I wrote this book because, you know, my son was schizophrenic. And I was so devastated by the fact that I had a son who had this condition 
And then I didn't never anticipated. I thought I would have a son and he would look exactly like me and think like me and be like me. And I said, I have to get this guy's book. I was just like ear hustling on his conversation with somebody else. I ran and got the book and it was a really interesting book. Thematically, it's about, you know, what happens when you have a child who is different from what you think as a parent, because so much of a parent is like ego, right? Like you want to create these children in your image. Right. And so I think that the most special things about you, being this athlete, you're truly a modern Renaissance guy. Not only are you stepping outside the boundaries career-wise, what people think you should be doing, but the way you love and the way you show your love and the way you celebrate your love for your children is something that so many dads and moms could really learn so much from. Well, first of all, thank you. It made me think of, I'm a big screenshot guy. I'm a big put things in my notes guy. When I see something that someone says or something that happens that kind of motivates me or gets me to think differently. And so I have this from Zendaya. I think Zendaya said this. He said, I want to just continue to explore whatever facets of my ability that I can. I want to be pushed. I want to continue to push outside of my comfort zone because comfort is the enemy of progress. And when I read that, I was like, that's it. I never wanted to be comfortable. Like even in basketball, I always felt uncomfortable being comfortable, right? And so when it comes to being a parent, I feel like parents feel this ownership over their kids. Like you feel like you own your kids. You own their identity. You own their person, but you don't. You know, if you watch your kid from small up, yeah, you know, they follow the things you do, but a lot of them have their own thoughts and their own ways of doing things. So for me, as a parent, I never wanted to think that it was one way to do anything, you know, especially when you have multiple kids. And so for me, I've been able to, I'm blessed enough and lucky enough because of, you know, my hard work, my wife's hard work, that we are able to sit back and, you know, and wait and watch and see who our kids are developing into and who they're going to be. But, you know, what I've always tried to be is someone who just lead with one thing and I lead with love first for anything I do not know. And when my daughter came home at eight and said she was gay, and when she came home at 12 and said she was transgender, I didn't have a lot of experience. I didn't educate myself before because I've never had someone personally that was a friend, a loved one of mine that I had to understand. And so I just kind of was like everybody else is out there, is not in my life until it became in my life, until I was watching, sitting across from my daughter, this person that when she was born, I grabbed her and I said, I will protect you. I will provide for you. I will do everything in my power to make sure that you have opportunities in life that you deserve. And then I suppose it changed that <laughs> when she come home and say, dad, hey, you know. And so to me personally, as a, as a father, as a man, I don't feel like I'm doing anything special. I think I'm doing my parent duties, but also I do understand the world and I do understand the different places we all are at. And I feel like sometime in my community, I feel like I'm living in the future in a sense. And a lot of things that I see and I'm exposed to, we don't see and we're not exposed to growing up in the inner city. And so a lot of things seem so foreign, not just the inner city, obviously so many other communities as well. Yeah, I think the way that you have celebrated it publicly on your Instagram and done your best to talk about it and communicate what love looks like is really important. I know you've touched people. You know, stigma exists, and all we can do is try to continue to chip away at narratives that are harmful and destructive and that lack love. Mm. And you are doing that. You are chipping away at those narratives that lack love and acceptance. And I know that there's so many families and so many children that are thrilled. Thank you so much, man. And you know what, too? The thing is, the world we all focus on, 
one bad TV show or that one bad movie or that one bad game or, you know, that one bad comment, you know, and that be the thing that drives us when it's so many, you know, it's been so much positivity. It's been so much. We've watched families, we've watched individuals stand up, you know, after Zaya has, you know, come out and our family has come out. We've watched people stand up taller with their chest out. We've heard from families. We've heard from so many people, you know, just thanking Zaya for the courage, thanking our family for the courage to step out and speak on on Zaya and our family. And so we definitely understand that it's bigger than some headlines that may be caught from a negative standpoint, because we understand that we are affecting families in a positive sense just by sharing our experiences. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Oh, so you know what you did? You guys went to that Gucci Love Parade, right? How was that? Was that so fun? I saw that. Yeah, it was it was incredible. So Gab and I went as Zaya's plus one and two. Like, she got invited. We, <laughs> we were the plus ones and twos. But you know what I loved about the event? And I posted a little videos and some moments from the event. But it was one of the videos I posted where I turned around and my daughter was behind me. And the look on her face, the joy that I seen her, the way she lit up, I've never experienced that. I've never experienced her life in her world with her people. She just came alive with fashion and, you know, all the different personalities and individuals that was that was there. She was just in her zone. And I've been able to experience it with my son, Zaire, in basketball. Right. I've been able to experience his joy in certain moments. And to be able to experience that with Zaire for the first time at 14, I was I mean, that was a big moment for me as a father. I just I was so in love with her happiness. Amazing. Yeah. You posted something the other day, too. And. And I think it was a picture with your mom's and you said, it's her joy for me. Yeah, it's the joy for me. That her face in that. And so see that love got passed down to you and you were taught that love and you're spreading that love. So that's amazing. So do you feel like you do a good job at juggling all your time and juggling all your things? How do you stay focused? Do you have like a routine like I devote this day to the shoe company and this day to the wine? Because you seem pretty organized (laughs) and you guys still have so much time to take vacations, which is so impressive to me. You seem pretty organized and like you juggle it all well. You know, I think it's just like everybody. I mean, first of all, social media makes everybody look like they're doing everything great when we know the struggle, you know, in the world, right? So it's definitely days where I don't have it, days where I'm like, how am I going to accomplish all these things? You know, I'm going to be in all these places at at once. Some days I'm like, I don't want all this. Some days I want more. You know, it's just the, you know, the the ebb and flow of life, right? It is what it is. And so I think for me, I, I know how blessed that I've been able to be, not only to be able to have the NBA career that I was able to have, but to have the career that I'm having so far, you know, going into my third year of retirement, to be able to jump into, a, you know, my other passions and other things that I've been wanting to do right away. So the way I make it make sense to me, Ellen, and how I'm able to get up and do it all is because, you know, I try to do it just by living life. Like everything I do, I want it to be so authentic to who I am. Like you got to go to work on grades. You got to play a character. Right. And so you got to you got to tap into something different. If I'm able to make sure that everything that I'm doing, my wine company and, you know, and my sneaker company and, you know, all these different companies that I'm a part of and talking about sports on TV and hosting a game show because I want to be around people and I love joy and all this, then it becomes easier to just show up as Dwayne Wade. I don't have to study for nothing. I don't have to prepare for nothing because this is all a part of my passions and, and me living life. So that's the goal. But I wouldn't say that it's easy. But the one thing that my family and I try to do, and I'll share a quick story with you. A friend shared this story with me before, and um, I shared it the other day as well. It was a man and a wife who traveled a lot. They went on a lot of vacations. He would always come back with photos. And he had a friend who he would always show the photos to. And she, she lived for the moments when he would come back and show the adventures and their journeys. 
And she will always say, one day I'm going to take that trip. One day I'm going to go on these vacations. And he said, why? Why don't you do it now? She said, well, you know, I want to work. She's a police officer. I want to get my pension. I want to work 20 years. And then I would get to travel. And so throughout the years, he would always show her these journeys. And she kept, you know, being excited for that day. Well, long story short, 20 years, she retires. He hasn't seen her for a month. He runs into her husband. And he's like, tell me about the travels. Where have you guys been? I know she retired. And her husband said, well, she passed away. She passed away a week ago. We never got the chance to travel. We never got a chance to go on these adventures. And the moral to the story is don't wait. Don't wait till it's over. Don't say, oh, I got to do all these things before. Learn how to master the work and master away from the work. You have to do a fine line. And so my wife and I, we work our butts off, but we find time to disconnect. We find time to reconnect. We find time to appreciate the small wins and the joys and then get back to work and not just put our head down and just work, work, work till it's over because we all know life is so short. And so that's that's kind of how the approach is. Yeah, it's true. It's like people say the same thing with having kids. Like, oh, I'll have kids when? Well, you're never really going to be ready. You have to kind of just go for it. Yeah. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them. And easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. When you wanted to retire, was there a lot of pressure on you to not retire? Well, yeah, I think for me... I don't feel like nobody wanted me to retire. You know, maybe the, the younger players that want some playing time maybe wanted me to get my old butt out of there. But I don't feel like nobody really wanted me to retire. Were they pressuring you to stay? Were people like, are you sure you want to do yeah. this? Are you sure you want to do this? Yeah. <laughs> like, I actually wanted to retire the year before I retired. I was done. And it wasn't from a lack of being able to go out there and score 15 to 18 to 20 points some nights. It wasn't from the lack of that. It was a lot about my body. Of course, you know, how I felt physically, but it was a lot about, I didn't have joy no more in it. You know, I was just doing it because this is what you do. This is what I do. It's scary to move on from your comfort. And basketball is what I was great at. Basketball is what I knew. And also too, that was a consistent check. You can count on it. And it just got to a point for me where I've always, I've been blessed with this ability to have to be fearless in certain moments. And I'm fearless in the moments of taking the step. I will take the step. I won't stay in place too long. And so I decided to take the step because I was ready. And so I gave everybody one more year to wrap up my career. And luckily, I'm thankful I did because it was an amazing retirement that I had. But you do have people that's telling you, Ellen, that 
you know, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. When LeBron and Chris Bosh and I signed in 2010, it wasn't a lot of people that was happy on, in, on LeBron's team and, and on my team as well. They didn't want that, but we wanted it. <laughs> so ultimately we did it. And it comes to a point sometime when you got to look in the mirror, you got to choose you. You know what I loved about your retirement? The video that, I don't know who made it, about all the people coming up to you and telling you how you impacted their life. Oh, yeah, Budweiser. Yeah, that was like in the arena. Yes, yes. And oh, that was just like, that just made your heart full. Oh, man, they got me. I didn't know what's crazy about that commercial. Normally, I'm so like, I'm that person. I need to know every move and everything. And for some reason, that commercial, I was like, I don't need to know everything. I show up. I heard they said he was doing something with fans with me or something about Jersey Exchange. I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll be there. So I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't ask him any questions. So everything was literally a surprise to me. Like the director came in and said, hey, I'm just going to call you out and you just walk to the middle of the floor and we'll just go from there. And I was like, okay. And it just happened. And so what amazing campaign. My wife and I went to Ken Lines and we won awards for that campaign. Budweiser won awards and, and so forth and so on. So it was great. And you never know as you're going through life how many people you impact. And that's why I write this book. You know, that's why I do a documentary. That's why my wife and I share our journey through surrogacy and the problems and issues in relationships and, you know, all these things, because you impact so many people that you do not know that is listening. This microphone goes so many places. And so we try to use that microphone very loudly at times. And we're so glad that you do. Yeah, let's shout out Gabby's book, too. Which one? She got two, three. <laughs> Her latest book. Oh, going to need anything stronger. Yes. <laughs> Going to need something stronger. Yeah. She was very brave and sharing all of her stories too. I I hope people appreciate how hard it is. Not that I've ever written a book or told my stories, but I can only imagine I'm not brave enough to do it. But I hope people appreciate how truly challenging that could be to be a public person and then put your private thoughts down on paper for the world to see, for the world to examine, for the world to judge. It takes a tremendous amount of courage. So shout out to Gabs. We love her. Scorpio sister. Yeah, she was on also, too, uh, in her competition. She was on New York Times bestseller two weeks in a row. Mm. So I got a lot of work to do on my second book. Because the first one, we both had New York Times bestseller one week. Okay, so watch. Now she got two weeks on there. So I got a lot of work to do on my book tour. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the book. Ready? Go. <laughs> Everybody, make sure my book sells more than my wife's. That's my pitch. <laughs> Wait, but what's it called? What's it called? So the name of my book is called Dwayne. Simply my name, oh. uh, my first oh. name. And the reason I decided to call it Dwayne is because I think most of the world know me as D-Wade. They know me as Flash. You know, they know me as the character, as a basketball player. A lot of people don't know me personally. And as I'm moving into the next phase of my life, as I'm, I'm turning 40 in a couple months, I want to tap into who Dwayne is. I want to get to know Dwayne. I want the world to get to know Dwayne because the athlete, you will see no more unless you go to YouTube or some come up on Twitter or something, right? And so what I wanted to do with this book is I went at the memoir through the photos. So it's a photographic memoir. And I've had my photographer since 2010 follow me, get all these private moments. And we had like 2 million photos. And we was like, what are we going to do with it? And so at the end of my last season, I was like, I want to put together a book. I want to put together a book to show these intimate moments. I want to be able to share some of my intimate thoughts. I want to be able to speak to the people who supported me for the last 18 to 20 years. And um, that's what it's about. So it's a lot of private moments. It's a lot of moments that people may have seen. And I'm just giving them some context to it. I'm giving them some background to it. And being able to see a photo, if you're a visual person, it shows you so much more about the moment and about the person. So Dwayne 
hopefully it comes across as the human side of me. Because, we, you know, when you're on grades or when I'm playing basketball, sometimes they forget that we're human. And I want this book to show a little bit of that. I'm on a couch on one of them with toe spreaders in my toes. Like, I'm human. I do that. I make sure my toes don't overlap. <laughs> it sounds like a good Christmas present. It is a great Christmas present. I just kind of go through. I talk about my family in here. I talk about relationships in here. Behind the scenes moments, Steph Curry, LeBron and I. Cam Newton and I, Lewis Hamilton and I, just like a lot of dope stories and photos. And so, yeah. There it is. Yeah, guys, I feel like they're sometimes more challenging to buy for, I find. Because there's nothing out there for us, Ellen. There's only a few things. It's cologne, ties, and books. (laughs) Listen, Chris is so hard to buy for. He's the worst. (laughs) But he's so, like, into fashion, and he dresses amazing. Like uh-huh. that guy has the best style of any man I've ever seen. And I, I just don't know ever what to buy him. I buy him like pajamas. I buy him slippers. I buy him nice robes. That's it. It's the things that you can get that everybody like, I, like buy me chargers, buy me phone chargers because I'm gonna lose them all the time. Buy me, buy me a uh, chapstick because I'm a loop. Like, you know what I mean? For me, it's like, buy me the things that I use and I need. It ain't got to be a big gift. It's those small things. So yeah, robes and Uggs and <laughs> I love all that stuff. So yeah. It's so true. I love that book. It's beautiful, and it is a beautiful coffee table book. Thank you. I mean, it's a good gift for women, too. You're not bad to look at. Thank you. I work hard. I work hard. (laughs) (laughs) Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. So listen, the other thing I want to talk about. So Dwayne and I have a mutual friend. His name is Sean Pecos. Yeah. And can we talk about your business together and your initiative and what that looks like? Because I don't know a lot about that, to be honest. And I know it's to do with marketing and creating space and changing the way things are marketed. Do you want to talk about that? Yes, I would love to. So when I was retiring, I've had this amazing relationship with CAA. You know, CAA is one of the biggest agencies, you know, in the world. And I signed with them in 2008 on the sports side. But I've utilized and used probably every <laughs> division in CA. And so once I was retiring, I was sitting there, you know, talking with you know my team there. And I was like, listen, I would love to further our relationship. And along this journey is some things that we've seen that it needs to be better. And one of the things that I've seen is every time that I sat in a room, I never seen nobody like me on the other side pitching anything back to me from a marketing standpoint. And so as one of the most successful athletes from marketing that CA had, I'm thankful for the individuals who worked their butt off to make sure that, you know, I had these opportunities. But also, too, the fight that you have to go through for me as a black athlete to try to get the partners to understand you, your world, your community, the people that you're marketing to is too hard of a battle when nobody understands, you know, your life or your journey. And so I set out to start a company with CA. 
and we, we called it CA app. And, you know, that's what it was about. It was about bringing diverse spaces, voices to the other side of the table on the marketing side to be able to go into companies and be able to tell, you know, to be able to have the voice for the celebrity, the athlete, whoever it is that they're trying to trying to bring it to their brand. We want to make sure that you understand, hey, listen, this is where I'm at now in life. This is what my community is. This is the person I am now. I'm not this guy no more. I'm this guy. So grow with me. It's just all these things that people in marketing, they don't want to do. They want to put you in this blue collar shirt and button it up and say, hey, speak to America this way. Well, that's not that's not me speaking to my community. I might want to throw on uh, you know, something a little different. I might want to wear chains. I might want to speak to the people who look like me and dress like me and you know all these things. And so Pekas was the first person to hire to start this company. And the reason I, I ran out and got Pekas is because Pekas is that guy who can move in any room. He's that guy who works relationships very well. You know, he's the one who's been in music. He's been in sports. He's been on the ground. He's boots on the ground. He understands. He has the ear to the streets, in the culture, in the community. And I want to make sure that we had somebody that really was walking that walk and lived their life as well to represent us. And so I was glad to be able to start the company and bring my brother on board. I think it was like two or three years ago now. You know, one thing I have to say about all of you guys that's really impressive to me that I've seen a difference in just watching all of you men is, and of course I have only my perspective, right? But the way that you all are supporting each other is very moving to me. And there's really been a cultural shift I see in men. And I think that comes from People like you who are willing to be open, who are willing to be transparent about joy, about love, about supporting each other. And I see this tremendous shift. And I think you all collectively deserve a lot of credit for being accessible with your love for each other and building each other up in this journey because thank God there are more opportunities now. People are hopefully looking at the world with a slightly different lens and seeing that there is so much to offer in inclusivity. There's so many brilliant ideas. There's so many brilliant companies. There's so many just amazing opportunities for ideas to be shared and products to be made. And and you all supporting each other is another type of growth. We talk about, you know, financial wealth or growth, you know, generational wealth. These are all themes that are important to discuss, Mm -hmm. but something that may not be discussed that I've been witness to that I want to give you all credit for is there has been a real shift in the love you all have for each other and the way you support each other as black men. And uh, I just want to give credit where credit is due because you're all responsible for that. Thank you. Appreciate that. Sometimes it's buying the people, you know, you support people. It ain't about the product, it's the person. So, you know, a lot of things too, what people don't like doing. And what we're trying to change is people don't like giving up their contacts or their connections. People don't like, you know, I mean, it's like this is my relationship. And to be, I guess, in in adult friendships and relationships, especially with, um, you know, a lot of people that I'm meeting, especially, you know, black men. And to see people open to, hey, this is the right way. This is such and such. Introducing you guys, you guys now have your own relationship. That's different for me. That's different for our community. Yeah, I think women, too, we've had the same sort of growth. But we weren't traditionally, you know, whatever that looks like, right? Culturally, we've not been taught or brought up to support each other. And so thank God there has been this shift where now women, I don't see women as competition or enemies. You know, where when I was younger, I definitely did. Mm -hmm. But no one ever showed me any other way. Mm -hmm. All I knew was the energy that I received. And so that's why it's so important that, you know, we continue these narratives and show by example. And these kids, we keep 
you know, reinforcing these narratives, like these are your friends, they're not your competition, you should help them. That's one of the most fun things about having kids and watching my kids now is their attitudes are so different. You know, we have that ability to now teach them what we didn't know when we were kids. Yeah. So it's a, it's a fun little experiment to see come to fruition. You know, one of the things that came to mind when you were just speaking, you know how in movies, especially when I was growing up, it was a movie and it was like a joke in a movie and we all would laugh about it. But you know how it was always one black character in a movie and then sometimes another one would come in a room and th- then the black character would be like, why is he in here? I'm the only black, you know what I mean, that's supposed to be in this movie, in this room. And it's like, it's been made like a, a fun joke in movies and we've all laughed, but in a sense that has taken off the screen and that started to become in real life where you see somebody else, you know, another black man in the room, instead of going to him and saying, hey man, how you doing? My name is, you like, what are you doing in this room? You know what I'm saying? I supposed to be the only, and even though it's a joke on the movie screens, that's have been real life in many times that I've been in rooms with other black men that won't even look at me or speak to me because the feeling is I'm going to be the only one in this room. I'm not going to be the only one with this relationship because there's not enough room for both of us. Right. And so, yeah, I just thought of that when you, when you were talking about. Yeah, no, it's true. And also there's maybe an added element of sometimes, you know, people's perception of if someone has a really strong presence or a really strong personality, right? Yeah. There's the perception that, oh, this person is you know, I think women can get it too. It's like, oh, I didn't think you were friendly. Well, no, it's like, that's your perception. That's not the truth is that people are intimidated by fame or intimidated by success. So it's easy for them to create a narrative about who you are Mm -hmm. rather than just take the time and come over and say, hey, how are you? You know, and maybe that's because they've done it in the past and weren't received well, but it's always give people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, yeah. And that's a lot of that, you know, it's, and that's the problem with our world too, right? It's that problem of the cancel culture that we live in, right? The immediate dismiss, cancel, because I didn't like what you did or what you said. And it's levels to it. It's definitely levels, right? But to me, it's just like, I always look at it like, I'm still learning about my family. I'm still learning about being an African-American. I don't even know a lot about it. I'm still learning as the information is coming in. I don't have time to learn about Ellen. (laughs) and your background and where you come from and what happened to your people. I haven't had time to do all that. So when someone do make a mistake or when if someone is shown like, okay, you can say something that's out of school. You can say something that, you know, maybe 10 years ago, you can say that you can't say today. And now we're going to go back and we're going to get you for it. It's like, what are you getting me for? Okay. At the time I was probably ignorant to this. You know, it was something that I wasn't exposed to. I didn't know. But so long someone shows a sign of you know, have any opportunity to adapt, to listen, to want to learn, to want to apply. You have to allow for that. We're in a world right now, we're not allowing for mistakes to happen and people to learn from the mistakes. We're immediately saying, that's it, (laughs) you know, the hammer. And that's the one part of social media and celebrity and fame that makes me want to kind of fade to the back and go live somewhere where nobody knows who I am because, you know, we all are learning and I'm still learning about myself. It's true. It's true. It it makes people super shy, super gun shy to not want to say anything, to not want to do anything. And like you said, there are levels to it, right? There are certain things that do promote negative stereotypes Mm -hmm. that increase hate. There's a fine line. It's all nuanced stuff, but listening and understanding and more hate doesn't fix something. You know, canceling and more hate, whatever you're mad about, you being so mad about it is not productive. You're not helping. You're not contributing to the solution. Right. 
So if you're not contributing to the solution, then you're, you're just part of the problem yeah. or you've created another problem. Cancel culture, you haven't helped anything. All you've made everybody do is be afraid to speak, be afraid to be themselves. Be afraid to ask questions. Yeah. And you're not contributing to any solution. So you're not part of the solution means you're part of the problem. So it's uh, like you said, ignorance. Yeah. I mean, that's why even, you know, on the topic of, of Zaya and on the topic of any individual who has publicly talked about or attacked or said something or whatever about our family. That's why I have never said anything back to those individuals. Because one, you have to allow people to have their own ideas. You have to understand that people come from different places in you, that every day is different from yours. Now, in the midst of saying that, I hope is that you go through things and you share those things to be able to get others to think of them in a different way, try to learn from them, you know, try to, you know, just try to educate yourself. But at the same time, you may not be ready for this at this moment. Don't spill hate my way. Don't spill hate my family way because this is not a part of your journey in your life at this point. Because it's a whole, <laughs> it's a whole other side that's ready to hear this, that needs to hear this. There's kids out here that needs to see someone like Zion, who needs to see a family that supports their child. You know what I mean? And so I kind of look at it like, why are y'all being so loud? Y'all being so loud <laughs> that the people who need to hear it can't even hear it. And so I don't attack them and I don't approach that because, you know, maybe you haven't dealt with it. Maybe you haven't had someone that you love, you know, come home and say anything of these things that you don't understand. Right. And so that's kind of how in my mind, I don't know if it really makes sense. But in my mind, I'm speaking to the ones whose ears are open, the ones that hearts are open, the ones that minds are open and the ones that's not and it's closed. I'm still speaking loud enough to maybe some will go in to understand that life is about progress. Life is about learning and understanding that we all are different and we are, and it's more than one way to be. And so that's the voice, that's the microphone, that's what you're using. And that's kind of how my messages goes out to, you know, different communities that's listening. Did everybody hear that? Life is about love. Life is about learning. Life is about growth. Life is about progress. I couldn't agree with you more. I love what you're doing. I love the way you're moving through the world, Dwayne. Thank you. I think you're setting an incredible example for so many people. And uh, I really appreciate your time. I know you're busy. And I have enjoyed every minute of this time with you today. Oh. I'm sending a lot of love your way into the whole family. Give my love. Well, thank you so much. Bye-bye. Have a great weekend. You as well. See you soon.